I'm your host, Laura Lowen, former therapist, go-getter entrepreneur, future church planter, and throwback hip-hop lover. I want to help you implement practical steps on how to live out the abundant life. Listen in on stories of faith, hope, and inspiration as we pursue the abundant, fruitful life together. If you're ready to get cracking on personal and spiritual growth and have some fun while doing so, you're in the right place. Hey, hey, friends. We are on episode 11 of the Fruitful Life Podcast. Today, I had the privilege of talking to my friend Tyree Sterling, and I am so serious when I say you guys better be taking some notes on this one. It's so good, so amazing. Tyree and my husband Jason have worked together in ministry, and Tyree has just been such a light and a blessing in our life, and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear more of his story. Check this out. Tyree, thank you for saying yes and just doing this podcast, even though I know you had no clue what to expect. <laughs> it is, it's Laura, so it's... You, you are incredible. Oh. Definitely entrepreneur, always tested the water and new things, very much like myself. Yeah. I love it. Tyree, do you, do you know on personality tests, do you know like what? Yeah, so you're talking about, um. With just there, there's a couple. There's um, one called D I S C. Yeah, the like disc. Dominant, influential. Yeah. All right. So the disc one. Yeah. So I am. Last time I tested, I was a high I and a little bit of D. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Extremely high I. Yeah. You heard of uh, the Enneagram? I have heard of them, but I haven't dove into it at all. Okay. You all, you, you need to, and then I want you to come back and I want you to tell me what your numbers are. Okay. Okay. Well, I just think that you, you have an incredible testimony and I, I really get the sense that I probably have only heard like just a very small portion of it. So I would just love if you would just share how you came to know Jesus and maybe share with us a little bit, like, what did your life look like before you met the Lord. And so I grew up in a church home. Uh, since I can remember, I remember um, going to church. So that was like my early drug problem. I was like drugged to church all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember, you know, being saved when I was six, baptized when I was seven. Everything was cool. Uh, no drama unless, you know, I'm missing G.I. Joe figure. <laughs> or stepping on a Lego, you know, and, uh, really no trauma. Right. Um, but then, you know, teenage years hit, then you have to make a decision, you know, which, which way are you going to go? Uh, is this going to be your faith or just your faith when your parents are around or, or when the adults are around? And so by myself, I, I was, you know, definitely polite. But when I was around friends, I, I kind of adapted to what they were. Uh, to what they, they were doing. And um, growing up, my dad and I, best friends. And after I graduated, when I was 18, uh, my father died. He fell asleep at the wheel and uh, he died. And I was like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so all this anger, started being filled with anger. God, why? You know, my dad was a, a Christian man. Why would you take my dad? 
he worked at IBM. He worked a lot of hours. And so I blamed his boss for always having him on the road. And his boss was a white guy. So then I became like prejudiced against older white guys. Mm. Um, and uh, just it's just the ignorance of prejudice. You know, like, yeah. you know, one person did me wrong. So I'm going to blame it on a whole race. Yeah, you know? right. And um, it's just the ignorance of prejudice. And so from 18 to 21, I was just reckless, doing everything I knew that I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't be doing. But I remember going to clubs and, like, being afraid to, like, die because every gunshot's going off and I was stuck behind cars. I was just so afraid because I didn't want to meet the Lord in that condition. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, <laughs> right. I, 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 I didn't know how, what he would say if I seen him. And that state side, there's still, like, a fear of God, but I was just so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I was working at this credit card processing place and there was this woman named Bridget and she's like grandmama saying, like she had scriptures on the cubicle. Aww. And she like played the tambourine at lunchtime. Like, oh my gosh, she is my yeah. kind of woman, Tyree. Yeah. While people were like having smoke breaks, she'd be out in the parking lot with headphones in her ears yes. and, a, and, a, and a CD Walkman playing a tambourine at lunchtime. And I'm like, yo, if anyone knows where Jesus is, it is this woman. And uh, <laughs> I went up to her and I'm like, Bridget, I'm trying to find Jesus and I can't find me. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, she asked me to go to church with her. And so I'm like, cool, if I'm going to go to church and be grandmama saved like Bridget, I'm going to go to the club one last time. And uh, so I went to the club on Saturday, went to church on Sunday, turned the music down in the parking lot so Jesus wouldn't be mad at what I was listening to. <laughs> and uh well, I went into the church, like, the first person I see is this old white guy, you know, and he opened up his arms, he's like, come here, brother. And I'm like, brother? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's in his hug. And on that day, March 29th, 1998, uh, the Lord grabbed me, mm-hmm. um, and I went all in. Uh, I remember crying for the first time in my life, not because I was mad or upset, but because, like, I felt the love of the Lord. Man, that, that day, radically radically changed my life. It wasn't, you know, I didn't have to get shot, didn't have to overdose, didn't have to be on drugs. It was like the love of God is the thing that changed me. March 29th, 1998, mm. uh, I went all in. I went all in, not turning back. <laughs> I love it. I mean, any woman with a tambourine at lunchtime, right. that, that woman's legit. Right. Yes. I would be the same way. If anyone's going to help me with Jesus, it's the lady with the tambourine. (laughs) That is amazing. And Tyree, I love so much about you that you are not afraid. You're not ashamed really of that. Maybe not ashamed isn't the word, but you don't shy away from that part of your story about having an issue against white people. And I really, really appreciate that about you because Obviously, with the way that our world is, the way that America is right this second, like, I think that more people need that refreshing honesty. But I think the way that you do it is really beautiful and just honest. So I just, I just really appreciate that you even share that because I know it'd probably be easy just not to talk about it. And just to be like, oh, no, like, I've always been good with white folk, you know, so... I love that. So how did that shift for you? What did that look like once you really believed that Jesus is who he says he is? Yeah, so I still had these friends that I hung out with 
whose vibes didn't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were still partying, still, you know, smoking weed, still doing crazy stuff. And so I'm going to take this, this new man and take it back to this old lifestyle. So now it's like, man, I got some convincing to do. <laughs> so I was on this, uh, I was on this side of, man, if I get all my friends in the Sunday 1040 service, they'll experience the exact same thing. I'll just change my crew, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I, I tried it one by one and like, and it, it didn't work. Like I'm like, Jesus, like where, where are you at, bro? Like, like you're supposed to be changing my boys. And it, it wasn't, it just wasn't working. Yeah. And I was like, I was, and I'll stand back. I look at them and I'm like, like, this is the formula. You just get them here and their lives change. And it didn't. So, you know, I had, to, I had this girlfriend who I was, you know, I was like addicted to. I felt like I couldn't give her up. And I'm like, God, how am I, what, what am I, what am I about to do? This is like all, these are all the people I know. And I remember praying like, God, you're going to have to either end these relationships or something like I I don't know what the other thing is, and it wasn't like oh I'm better than them. It was just like God I'm, I'm so weak. Right. That I don't think that I can continue to hang with them because I feel like I feel like I will do what they do. Right. You know. So it's yeah. it's, it's it's definitely no this on 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 them. Like oh I'm better than you. It's just like I I feel like I'm going in this different direction, and I would love for my friends to come on this new journey with me that had, that has no guilt the night after, has no shame, has no regret. Mm-hmm. And I want them to go on this ride with, yeah. with me, but I can't force them. And it, it's crazy. Like with sin, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, man, we're all in, but you want to do something better with our lives? It's like, <laughs> ah, you can go on your own. Yeah. And I'm like, what kind of, what, what kind of friend is that? When, when I'm trying to do good, it's like, you let me go by myself. Mm. Well, when I want to take a path that might lead to destruction, you're like, yeah, bro, I put gas in the vehicle and destruction. Let's go. Mm. So I just had to, I plugged in there. They had a group of young people there at the church and I started plugging into that group. And so that group started to become my, my, my tight circle. I found a, a guy that was just like an evangelistic monster and I wanted to be <laughs> like him. And I yeah. remember just hanging around him. And him put me on the spot with people with Burger King, and and I and I grew. I grew because I decided to hang with a tight, but with a small tight group of people that challenged me in my faith. Mm. I don't think that would have happened uh, otherwise. I think I just probably would have sat in the church, thinking, you know, this is what it is. Just come to church on Sunday, but I realized it was about faith. And when you add community to it, mm-hmm. that's the game changer. Yeah, that's the game changer because it adds that mix of discipleship onto it. Discipleship is not about you know preaching a sermon. Like it's not mm-hmm. like listening to a sermon. It's that literally living life. Like I've, I have this phrase like discipleship is not a pulpit; it's relationship. Yeah, you know. And so that's what I found. I found relationship with a tight group of people that taught me how to do a Bible study, taught mm-hmm. me how to pray taught me how to articulate my faith and I grew and that was that was the change yeah that's amazing I mean I think it just speaks so much to the importance of like you said not just going to church but getting plugged in and I know for me I was going to church by myself for years and years and it 
really showed because my faith was so shallow and it was so emotional and I had no depth of theology. I didn't understand what the Bible actually said. I didn't, I didn't understand what I was actually supposed to believe. And it was really when I started surrounding myself with other believers who were going deep in their faith, it's like a whole new world opened up. So I just, I love that. It's just, it's so true. I think it's way too easy, especially in our country and our society, you know, that we think, oh, I got this. I'm just gonna, I'm good. I'm just gonna listen to my podcast. I'm gonna maybe go to church on Sunday, read my Bible when I feel like it, and I'm gonna be fine. A lot of that comes from being hurt by the church, Mm -hmm. but still knowing that God is still bigger than the church. I still want to connect with God, but the fear of plugging into community. Mm-hmm. for a fear of being hurt and i think that is nothing but the enemy yeah. trying to isolate ourselves and trying to keep us you know says no man is the island and just trying to keep us by ourselves but the fact of you know i'm going to be vulnerable again I'm going to put myself back out there and be vulnerable and plug into c- community man that's scary it is that's absolutely scary it is um, yeah so i, I would say anyone listening like if this is your first step listen to a podcast and you don't go to church right now and this is your first step i applaud Hmm. this first step but i would then take another step and say do i know anyone that when i look at their life i'm like that is a true believer yes they they model it and then from there just invite yourself to their house (laughs) yeah i love (laughs) it start and and start that community right there Hmm. and just start it and that's one step it's like for instance like People say, I don't want to go to church because of hypocrites. So it's like, you know, do you cash your check at your bank or do you go to the ATM? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, but your ATM still has like counterfeit $20 bills in it. You still do it? Like, well, yeah, because I need the money. And I'm like, church is the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. there's counterfeits still there, but there's also some real in there. I love it. The thing is, God wants you to cash the check of your life in, in the body of Christ, even though there's counterfeit 20s. He still has given you a gift, and he needs you to make that deposit in his kingdom. Someone better take some notes up in here. (laughs) My gosh. Cash your check. Gosh, Tyree, I love that. That's a whole sermon, so we're done. Thanks Thanks for the sermon. (laughs) So you were a youth pastor, and I know that was a huge, huge part of your journey and of your story. So... If you could tell the listeners, what are you doing now, and how did you transition? Yeah, so, man, at that church that I went all in at for 19 years, was a youth pastor there for 14 and a half years, and that's that's a testimony, like, that long, staying at one church, like, nowadays, that's that's a testimony. 100%. Um, And staying at a church for 14 and a half years Mm. was huge. A lot of friends, a lot of students' lives changed. He got to do a lot of things, and we got uh, we got a new pastor in for our church, which was a very good thing for, for our church. It was a needed change, and he just had a different philosophy of ministry. So people got laid off, job descriptions changed. You know, I'm the youth guy, so the youth guy can do everything that the older generation doesn't know how to do, like anything that involves technology. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I had I got a lot of new tasks, and it was a lot of go go go. And not a lot of pray, pray, pray. And a lot of, you know, your talent, like 
Tyree, you know, you're, you're talented in, in this. This is me talking to myself. Tyree, you're talented in this. And if there's a need, say yes, get the job done because of the transition. People are leaving. And you can be the one to keep everyone here mm. um, who's not too sure about the new guy. And so I put a lot of weight on myself that was that I would be an only spirit. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, a lot of go, 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 a lot of pray, pray, pray. And man, I just became a man that I knew that I shouldn't be. And it was, and I neglected home, neglected my wife. I was here, you know, physically, but I checked in mentally and emotionally and, and spiritually because, you know, the only, you know, the only time I would pray is like during staff meetings, you know, because I got too much stuff to do. The only time I would read my Bible is when I had to prepare for a lesson because I got too much stuff to do. There's stuff in the church that has to be done. And I say I didn't love God. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing the work of the Lord. So of course I love God. Of course I'm grinding for his kingdom, but I wasn't filling up personally. Yeah. And so one day my wife just looks at me and she's like, dude, you, you need help. You are a mess. Mm. And I sat enough. I sat across from the table from enough dudes and said the exact same thing. And I'm like, I think I know what that means. I think you're about to mentally check out. <laughs> and I, so I went to my pastor. I told him, like, look, I, I need, I need a break. I know what it looks like. And he so graciously was like, you know, put you on a sabbatical. There's, they offered me marriage counseling. I'm like, cool. You know, he'll talk to my wife about just let the man grind. And it was the complete opposite. <laughs> he was like, you know, sorry, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, yeah, 14 and a half years, more like a badge of honor. And he was like, how long has your wife been teaching? I'm like, well, not that long. How long was school? About, you know, five, six years. You know, was it hard? I was like, yeah, it was nice where, you know, she went there and, you know, I had to get the kids late, like later on, I had to feed them, put them to bed. And he said, how long was that? I was like, about the last like nine months. And he was like, um, wow. I guess your wife has been faithful, huh? It's been fourteen and a half years for you, and all, and that hit me in the face. Mm. And I, and I was like, and I got it. I finally got it, and I was like, oh my goodness! And the only homework he gave us was date night. <laughs> yeah. He said it's date night, and um, so man, we just started dating, and it was hard at first because the wife was like, oh, another thing. That <laughs> I got it too, and I put on a calendar. Yeah. But just getting back to wifey first and kids second and all else you know obviously god first right um, yeah but, but you know wifey next kids next and everything else after putting that in its proper order oh my goodness my wife and i haven't missed a date night since like 2000 i want to say like 16 oh my goodness um, that is one, amazing one night one night a week you Love know, it. And, and it's been, been a difference. And so from that, that's why I can sit here and say, you know, when I write her a card and I say something sweet in it, it's not like, oh, I got to muster something up. <laughs> it's literally like, this is just from the overflow of my heart mm. because I feel like we have just recently got married. And so that, in three months in, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not going back to work at the church. Like, I don't think I could do this and work at the church. Because just the, the the demand of the church that I was at, they needed a person that was like, felt like that that was married to the mission. Right. And that's what got me. Like I I didn't know how to balance it. So here's, here's, it wasn't anything the church did to me. It's what I allowed the church to do to me. Mm. 
And so I, I couldn't balance it. And, you know, after the sabbatical, we sat down. He said, all right, so where are we going? I'm like, I'm not <laughs> working in the church again. And, you know, he was definitely disappointed because he thought, you know, I'm coming back. And I'm like, there's no way I can do what you need me to do in the capacity as far as, like, a worker right. like, as, as an employee. But I'll volunteer and I'll still help out. You know, he still has different philosophy of ministry, and I try, I try to make it work. I've tried, but I feel like I'm a man of the same people that I did foul things with. Those people still need reach, and I feel like that that was always me. I felt like I had to like change that in order to fit into that system. Mm. And I'm like, there's no way I can bury my talent, these gifts that he's given me, to see leaders and students train and evangelize reach out into a community of people who don't look like me, act like me, think like me, but still love them for their humanity and network with like-minded churches. And that just wasn't his thing. And I felt like if I stayed there, I, ha- I would literally have to bury my talent in the ground. I would literally have to bury it. And mm-hmm. God, God, he told me, say, you know, Ty, you're not doing this. You should do this out of fear of your pastor. You do this out of fear of me. And I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. The answer to the master <laughs> for these talents. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I, if I wasn't a man pleaser, I can't be a man pleaser for my pastor either. And because I had friends and family who went to church there, I couldn't stay just because of them. I had to find somewhere where I could sow these talents. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was a foot and I had to find a ministry that was a foot. You know, a ministry I was in was a hand and I had to find a proper body part. And so I found it. Found a perfect body part. Well, I sent my wife out because she's better at discerning that stuff than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, when I was uh, doing the Unshakable tour with Dare to Share, my wife was looking at churches, Facebooking them, asking around. And we came home and narrowed the search down to three different churches. And I asked each one of the pastors some very strategic questions that I needed to know. Look, I was there for 19 years. Like, I'm not making this decision lightly. Right. You know, I have friends and family that still go to this church. And, like, I'm leaving all this, and I need to know some very detailed things. And one of the three answered my questions. And I was like, oh, wow, this is the place. And so we have a home. We have a home, and it's, it's and, it, and the shoe fits so well. <laughs> mm. It fits so well. That's We're so awesome. Body. Yes, mm-hmm. it's incredible. So then your transition out of being a youth pastor, was that hard for you or did you feel like it was freedom going into a new season? Yeah, I think the sabbatical helped it become freedom. Okay. Uh, because I found some guys that were a lot smarter than me and I asked them for help. I was, I was never a guy that was always, I wasn't afraid to ask for help if I didn't know something. Like I love to learn new things, but this freed me up. This time all freed me up to be able to contact these guys. And so I sat down with them and the one guy said, this conversation is going to take five minutes. He's like, raise your name down on this napkin. I wrote my name down. He said, raise your name down with your other hand. I did it. And he said, you know, you, uh, you write good with your left hand. Why don't you do your left hand more often? I'm like, cause I'm right handed. He's like, yeah, but you did it good with your right. And I'm like, yeah, but like my left, my right hand, my strong hand, like, um, just, I'm born, I was born right-handed. He said, Tyree, that's what you need to find out during the sabbatical, what your right-handed ministry is. You, you're, you're talented enough to do left-handed ministry, mm. but you're wore out and you look at it and you're like, uh, it's not my best work. 
but I'm talented enough to do it. It's such a um, good word. Yeah. And he said, you got to find your right hand. Because your right hand, you can do right hand all day. And you're not tired of it. You step back and you're like, perfect. My Excellent. Gosh. Like, are you guys listening to this? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, that, and I, during that sabbatical, that's what I did. I found out what my right hand was. Mm. And, and I said, that's, that's why I could say with confidence where I was at, I was not a good fit because I found out who I was. Right. So, yeah, that was a game changer. So I just found out what my right hand was, which is training students and their leaders how to articulate their faith and have a gospel advancing ministry. It was plug it into a community of people, you know, that don't think like me, act like me, look like me, but still love on them and share and show the love of Christ and network with like-minded churches. And those were the three things that God revealed to me what my right hand is. And so it was easy for me because I knew what I knew who I was and I knew what to say yes to and I knew what to say no to. And that made all the difference. Mm-hmm. So it was it was easy for me to find where where I fit in. And what I needed to, to, to do. And that's what I do now. I do everything right-handed. How <laughs> do nothing in my life is left-handed work. I love it. I think that is just such a stinking good word. And obviously it applies to ministry. I think for people who are really trying to navigate through, you know, should I stay at this job? I don't like this job. I feel overworked, underpaid, the whole thing. I'm not passionate about it. Like, I feel like that just philosophy can flow to so many aspects of life. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's not, it's not anything that you need to apologize for either. God has created you and rigged you to do a certain work. Yep. And you have limited time on this earth to get it done. Mm. And so you can either stay doing your left-handed stuff and get mad at, mad at everything and everyone around you, but it's your fault you're writing with your left hand. <laughs> Man, it's, it's your fault, Tyree. I didn't know you were gonna go ahead and wreck me. Okay, this <laughs> conversation. So it's good. It's good. You, you, you can walk away from this situation if, like, if 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 you know it's God, you can walk away from this thing, mm-hmm. and He will sustain you. Yeah. He will hold you, but then there's still some things you gotta do left-handed. Him, the guy said he's like, you know, you're a survey, you're gonna want to still do things, but put like a time stamp on it. Say, you know, yes. I can do it for you, but for two weeks. So instead of enabling that person to keep procrastinating, right? You can say, I can do it for two weeks. I love it. Find someone to do it. Yes. Um, and then it puts it back on them, and it get, and it gives you a way out. <laughs> you know, like, hey, two weeks is over. Hey. I can no longer do it. You right. know? So it's not like you're coming to him like, well, you know, I changed my mind and you feel like you got a lie for Jesus. Like, well, <laughs> you know, um, I think I'm thinking about picking up more, more hours at work. It's like, no, I told you two, two weeks, two weeks, I'm done. <laughs> yep. Peace out, Girl Scouts. See you yeah. later. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so, yeah. so yeah. much. So cool thing. So right, right now, what I, I saw that passion though. Ministering to young people and their leaders on how to articulate their faith and have these ministries that are gospel advancing. And so when I went to my first event in Colorado and you and Jason were there mm-hmm. and you, you gave me this, this long like sheet of paper that had all these boxes on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is strategy in the church? Like what is, what you want me to, what do you think ahead? 
right. And, and I'm like, what? And then like, then you like took us places and like you rejected some people's visions and blueprints. <laughs> and like, no, it's not specific enough. But I'm like, dude, this is absolutely awesome. This is, I love this. And I saw how it changed the whole course of my life in ministry when I was a youth pastor. And it added so much value and purpose and spiritual growth and numerical growth. And I, and I said, I, I need to let other youth pastors know about this. Mm. And so while I was a youth pastor, I was still passionate about teaching these other youth pastors this. And they're like, why are you telling me how to reach students and we are in the same like, county? And I'm like, cause my youth group can't fit them all. If all, if all the kids yeah. in my county got saved, they couldn't even fit in my church. Yeah. Right. So the thought of these are all my, just my kids is a lie. Like they are God's kids. And besides Satan's youth group is larger than any one of our youth groups. And so we need to start working together, cutting down the numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and so now that I'm not a, a paid youth pastor within a church, I work at an alternative school for boys, but they free me up to be able to travel and help other ministries and also speak at schools. And so one of the things I did is because I can't be everywhere at all times, I created um, this thing called GAMA, G-A-M-A, is Gospel Amazing Ministry Academy. And so it's just an online course that youth pastors can go through for a year, and it drops eight different points of how to focus in youth ministry very strategically. And it has a workbook, and they can bring all their youth workers along for the journey. They'll have to travel to come see me. We do Zoom calls together with everyone that's in the program, and they get to talk about where they're struggling at, where they're not meeting that strategic goal, if they're meeting any hurdles, and we get to work through all this stuff together in the community, and they don't have to feel like they're alone. Because sometimes you can't tell the people that you work with you don't know what you're doing. Yep. Uh, especially in ministry. Mm-hmm. You get on a Zoom call, you be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know? yeah. yeah, let's either, let's figure it out together. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's definitely uh, safety in those numbers. It was seriously so smart of you to create that because obviously there was such a need there. And I think that more and more youth pastors are going to wake up and they're going to see that that is such a need for them. So Thank you for mes- for mentioning that for Gamma. And then for your speaking engagements and stuff like that, if someone was interested in hiring you to come out and speak to their group, where could they find you? They could just go to TyreeSterling.com. Okay. Awesome. And there lets them know the school-friendly aspect, like school assemblies, and then the faith-based aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can click whatever link they want to go to. Awesome. And they should because you're the real deal. Tyree, I just really appreciate you taking time. You just, you seriously blessed me so much. I'm totally serious when I tell you I'm going to go back and listen to this because I need to take notes on what you said. So just thank you. Hey guys, if you like this episode, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Fruitful Life podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing it some love on social media. For a newbie show like mine, those reviews are everything. Thank you so much for tuning in. To stay in touch with all things Fruitful Life, you can check out lifeasalowen.com or follow me on Instagram, lowen.